Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Breaking news, Kyrie Irving has demanded a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. We saw this summer, he looked around and tried to find a trade. He couldn't find a trade. How does Kevin Durant feel right now? The Brooklyn Nets are actually in a pretty good spot. The Brooklyn Nets don't have to do anything. They can just ride this out like they did in the summer. I really don't understand this, but we never understand what goes on with Kyrie Irving. And here we are again. Here we are again and again. And again and again with Kyrie Irving. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. As well as on your smart speaker. However you found us on this Friday, we're glad you did. She's Courtney Cronin in Chicago, head of the Midwest Regional Office. I'm Randy Scott here at the Mothership, Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, 888-729-3776 is the phone number. Kyrie Irving is the story. Courtney, um... I, uh, I, you know, we were having our, we were talking NBA, we were talking about LeBron James, we were talking about why his pursuit of Kareem's scoring title isn't a bigger deal, and then we'll have a Lakers insider joining us in this show uh, to go over that. Uh, we'll hear from one of LeBron's former teammates in our current ESPN NBA analyst, Tristan Thompson, uh, in this segment here, but it's not going to be about LeBron, it's going to be about this news out of Brooklyn, and Kyrie Irving, one of uh, LeBron's former teammates, obviously, once out of the BK Lounge, he wants out of the Nets, and to do it mid-season, to do it less than a week now, uh, shy of the NBA trade deadline, Courtney, from a man who really we shouldn't be surprised by anything anymore, this one got me by surprise today. Yeah, it's come up curious timing because of some comments that he made earlier in the week regarding LeBron James that led you to go, hmm. Does Kyrie Irving want to team up again with LeBron James at some point before James inevitably hangs it up? One and a half, two years, three years, who knows how much longer it's going to be. But I thought it was precarious, the timing of this, to come less than a week before the Thursday trade deadline in knowing that extension talks between Kyrie and the Nets stalled and that they're at a place right now where they could offer him the four-year, $200 million maximum deal. But you heard Richard Jefferson there in the rejoin talk about they need that commitment. They need that on-court commitment from Kyrie Irving, who honestly, as of late, I feel like that's all there. And so the timing of it in knowing that there's clearly something that Irving and his team know that's going on behind the scenes where he doesn't feel like he's going to get what he wants out of the Brooklyn Nets. So now he wants out. Now he wants out of Brooklyn, and he's going to be asking for a trade ahead of the deadline. So what does that exactly mean? What are the teams that could potentially trade for Kyrie Irving after this request comes through? And what does that do to the Nets in the short term and in the long term? Because, frankly, with Kevin Durant out, they've been able to stay afloat. They're 4-7 and in his absence since he's been dealing with that MCL injury that he sustained against the Heat in early January. But what does this team look like when he comes back And if Kyrie Irving's moved by the February 9th, 3 p.m. Eastern time deadline, how does that hurt the Nets' chances 
of contending for a title this year in going on a late surge in the second half of the season. I feel like it's going to be pretty remarkable. Uh, it absolutely hurts it. And it's it, it we heard in some of the rejoin sound there as our NBA, you know, multiverse here at ESPN is is reacting to this news like the the Nets were in a good spot. Like the Nets were and Kyrie deserves deserves credit for that. I mean, more than holding water, more than treading water, I guess I should say, uh after the loss of of Kevin Durant to that injury that you mentioned and and Durant's trending in the right direction. He he will be back, but the Nets are a four seed without Kevin Durant right now. That's incredible. Kyrie's been going for, I mean, you know, the 27.1 points per uh, this season, but he stepped that up in Durant's absence. And there have been some nice pieces that have emerged. You know, Nick Claxton has come into his own this season. Uh, Yuta Watanabe has provided, you know, pick and pop shooting. He's been a nice addition. He's shooting better than 40% from three this season and um, making up for the fact that some of Joe Harris's numbers are down. As Joe Harris, who had been their, their outside shooting and spot up shooting, he's come back uh, from his own injury. So the Nets were sort of rounding into form, and that more than anything seems to be how this stretch of Kyrie's career, he's 30 years old. How I don't know the last six years. Do you want to say five, six years? Like that seems to be what we're going to remember, and it is the calling card of this run for Kyrie. It's that it's the what might have been. You know, it's the it's the the failed realized potential. We never got to see what it was going to look like with James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie. What that big three would have done. They played like twenty games together. It was because of injury, but also because of Kyrie. You know, his own lack of self imposed availability. You know, he played. He played 29 games last year. Yeah. He played he played 20 in in 19 and 20, you know? Like he just hasn't been on the floor for these nets and now we'll we'll never know what the rest of this season would look like where he was invested from the jump. You know, he's already played 40 games this year and what it would have looked like with Durant and making a playoff for him. You know, the the, the stress they could have put on the Celtics and the stress they could have put on the Bucks. And if you're a Celtics fan, you're like, hey, kid, we beat him by 43 points last week. You know, I get it. I get like, I'm not saying that they were a shoe-in for the NBA Finals, but now we'll definitively never know. So that's frustrating. He's played 143 of 277 possible regular season games for the Nets. So that's roughly, if I'm doing that math, about half. And some of that has to do with nagging injuries his uh, stubbornness to get the COVID-19 vaccine. He said he wasn't going to do it. He had to sit out most of last season. And, of course, what happened back with uh, posting a video that contained anti-Semitic rhetoric in November and the team saying he's not fit to be associated with us. We're going to part ways with him temporarily while this whole thing blows over. But in three seasons with the Brooklyn Nets, they've won just one single playoff series, bringing it back to basketball here. And that's why I think that the Brooklyn Nets at this point have not gone all in on the we want you here, Kyrie Irving, because the relationship has been strained for a number of different reasons. Think about this. He's the third player, the third superstar on this team in the last 12 months to demand a trade. James Harden got his way out of there. Kevin Durant during the summer said, I want out. Then he redacted the trade demand after the whole offseason nonsense that went down. And now Kyrie Irving, somebody who opted into his $36.5 million player option this offseason, said that, okay, via Woj and everybody else that's reporting it, I want out. So if the Nets do trade him, they're going to have gone from having one of the most impressively credentialed big threes in this era to having Durant and Nick Claxton when he comes back. Is that Uh really what's going to happen? 
It seemingly is. Now, Tristan Thompson, as we said, is now our ESPN NBA analyst, and he's played with LeBron, he's played with Kyrie, and he spoke on Kevin Durant, who he believes will be next to ask out. This is not a, just a Kyrie decision. I can guarantee you right now, Kyrie definitely spoke to, you know, easy money sniper Kevin Durant and definitely had this discussion. And Kevin Durant, I can almost guarantee, probably gave his blessing on it because you know what? Kevin Durant's probably next asking out because, listen, Kyrie bought in. He didn't want Steve Nash there in the first place. He didn't think he was a good enough coach for the team. Bought in, played well. Kevin Durant gets hurt. He's averaging 30 points per game, playing at a high level, playing like an all-star starter. Now he walks in, like I would have told Rich Paul to do, walk in there and ask for extension. And if they don't want to give an extension, we're out of here. We're out. We are out of here. And let's be, let's be clear, Kevin Durant had previously requested <laughs> a trade this offseason. So it was Durant first, then Kyrie, and now According to Tristan Thompson, uh, Kevin Durant will be the next one to do it. But as with Durant's request this last offseason, just because you asked for it doesn't mean the Nets are going to do it. And ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst was on Fitz and Harry, and he could see a similar situation playing out. Last year, they basically staked out a position that they would not trade Kevin Durant unless they were blown away with an offer, that they would not trade Kyrie Irving in a sign-and-trade unless they were very impressed with an offer. So high were their standards that they basically never advanced in talks for either player. And considering that this team, when it was together, played really well in December and that Durant is coming back here possibly before the All-Star break, I cannot see them doing anything but tripling and quadrupling down on maximizing this season. I, my initial feel here, without seeing how the league reacts to this news, is they will not grant this trade request and remind Kyrie that they will have his rights this summer and that he needs to remain a partner. All right, coming up in 20 minutes' time, we're going to check in with someone close to the Nets to get his take on what's going on, Courtney, because I, I, I truly believe they're that could play out what brian said is you know let's just all in all the chips on the table push them center let's see what this season plays out how it plays out and if we lose Kyrie for nothing and he walks in the offseason uh that's that's maybe what we're going to do a reminder to to tune into college basketball action tomorrow as iowa state hosts the kansas jayhawks coverage begins 11 30 a.m eastern on select espn radio stations this is once in a lifetime opportunities we got right in front of us in our hands so what are you going to do Show the things we can. We damn good. Chance attack on the right sideline. Ten. Pack your bags. We're going to the Super Bowl. We are, and we cannot wait. All right, gonna obviously have a lot more on Kyrie Irving throughout the show. Uh, let's get to Super Bowl fifty-seven, Courtney. Nine days away. I'll ask it. Broad, broad question. Why is everybody hating on the Eagles? You know, (laughs) I keep trying to find the answer to that. A team that locked up the NFC's number one seed, a team that won 14 games in the regular season, started out on a near double-digit win streak, and yet we still have all of these holes being poked in their resume, and I think the Chiefs on the other side of it in the AFC have gotten that same sort of slander should we call it too but man it's coming from all angles against the Philadelphia Eagles Randy if it's not Julian Love it's Jerry Jones and honestly 
What do those two have in common? They're both from the NFC East. It sounds like a bunch of bitter Bettys out there who are not happy that their teams, which both made the playoffs, are sitting home and not preparing for Super Bowl 57. The Jerry Jones sound caught me by surprise. That's that's the newest one because it just feels so factually inaccurate. Um, it's it, the, the fact that he, he talks about and lumping the Eagles in negatively with a team that won the Super Bowl. He can do it better than we can. Here is the Cowboys owner talking about his divisional rival and NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. I do think longer term, and I'm real hesitant to bet it all for a year. We're seeing a couple of teams that have had some real success putting it all out there and paying for it later in Philadelphia and Los Angeles. Don't think that doesn't pop my head and get my eye. That's pretty impressive to have two teams in the last two years empty the bucket and get to the Super Bowl. But you're drafting development. But if you miss, you miss. It is a long go. Yeah, if you miss, I, I would argue right now the Cowboys if they're in this position that Philadelphia is, would say it wasn't a miss, Courtney? Not at all. because, And I just think that some of the things that Jerry said in that statement are factually inaccurate because he's insinuating that the Eagles built their roster the same way that the Los Angeles Rams did. Jalen Hurts was a quarterback that they drafted and they have developed now into his third season as a potential MVP candidate. The Los Angeles Rams went to a Super Bowl because they traded two first-round picks to the Detroit Lions and sent Jared Goff to the Lions in the process of trading for Matthew Stafford. They gave away all their draft capital. They're the ones who said blank them picks and (laughs) followed that model, which kind of puts them in a precarious situation again this offseason, knowing the draft capital that they don't have to build their roster. The Eagles really didn't do that. Now, I know that they gave up a considerable price for A.J. Brown, but that's what you do when you have a big body X who can who X who can be a game changer on the outside for you and a quarterback you need to support in allowing him to take the next step, which they did with the three receivers that are around him. Hassan Reddick, who has been an absolute game changer for this defense, mm-hmm. 16 sacks in the regular season, three and a half in the postseason, which is first in the NFL – he signed a free agent deal, three years, $45 million. That's nothing to bat an eye at, but it's not breaking the bank sort of move. It's not a deal like Buffalo gave to Von Miller last offseason. So I'm not really sure what Jerry's getting at because I truly don't think that they built their team the way the Los Angeles Rams did. There are a lot of differences here. It's just the fact that their roster build and the way that they've been able to construct this team got them back to the Super Bowl in six years' time, whereas – we know how long it's been for, since the Dallas Cowboys have been at that stage of the game. Oh, yeah, you're pushing three decades for the Dallas Cowboys, and I think that's part of it, too. It's a little bit of envy, you know? I mean, maybe a lot of bit of envy. You heard Jerry Jones say it, it chaps him up, that it's a divisional rival that's doing this. And let's just let's focus on the draft capital for a second here, because this is... I'm going to read this to you here for 2023. This isn't mortgaging your future. They have they have their own first round pick. We don't know where that is yet because you got to see who wins the Super Bowl, but it's going to be in the last couple picks. You got a first round pick via New Orleans, so that's 10th overall. So they have two picks in the first 31 selections. Miami lost a first round pick because of that's the scandal with owner Stephen Ross and the tampering um, with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. They have their own second round pick and their own third round pick. So they have four picks in the first 93 selections. That's not mortgaging your future. That's not what the Rams did with their picks. You can't say that when you have when you have two first-rounders right now like Philadelphia does. Hey, I would hate it too if I was in that division. So I was a fan of Washington or Dallas or, or the Giants. Like, 
That would really bother me that the Eagles are favored to win the Super Bowl and have this ability to reload next season or in this draft here shortly. Uh, Julian Love plays in that division. Uh, uh, remember the uh, secondary there for the, for the Giants. And he was on NFL Network talking, basically, it's such a backhanded compliment, uh, saying that anybody could coach the Eagles, basically taking a shot at Nick Sirianni. Here's, here's Julian Love. You know, he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster from top to bottom, offense, defense. You see this stuff, though? Like, like what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing that. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, he's, he's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team. Basically, the team is so talented. Anybody could do it. That Nick Sirianni has a free ride. And you can tell, Cordy, I mean, he's asked point blank, like his Sirianni's actions on the field are what bothers him. You know, like like the, the, the fact antics that, on the sideline. Yeah, that he'll uh, what find a camera, nod at it, tough guy stuff. I know what he did in Indianapolis, where he sort of baited the crowd out of some perceived slight for Frank Reich. Like Sirianni is his own his own guy, but I mean, Courtney, you can't argue with fourteen and three. The argument that Julian Love made when he said anybody can coach this team, you guys can coach this team, I shut things like that down as quickly as I do when people say this college team, the 2022 Georgia Bulldogs, could beat the worst team in the NFL. No, they cannot. It is a false there's, <laughs> it's false equivalency of greatness, and it drives me nuts because the talent gap alone – the Houston Texans would annihilate Georgia. I don't want to hear it because the level of talent in the NFL alone trumps the level of talent of any college football team, period, point blank. And that's the same sort of false equivalency that Julian Love is trying to draw to Nick Sirianni, saying, God, this team is so talented, they can coach themselves. You guys <laughs> on the staff, Jamie Erdahl, no disrespect to Jamie Erdahl, but you can coach them too. And that's, you know, hit her, uh, Peter Schrager, anybody on that desk. Yeah. No, they can't. That's just, it's to me, this is somebody – who doesn't understand what coaching really means. And that's kind of unfortunate considering his head coach, Brian Dayball, is a Coach of the Year candidate, one of the three finalists for the awards. Nick Sirianni is not for some godforsaken reason. Think about the job that Brian Dayball did with that roster this year, a roster where there was a gigantic unknown at quarterback, and we didn't know if Saquon Barkley was going to be the same player coming back. All of the injuries they had on the offensive line, being down to no receivers and trading one in the middle of the season to the Kansas City Chiefs when it just would not work out anymore with Kadarius Toney. And thinking about that secondary, too, and how many pieces went in and out there. They had no cornerbacks on their roster at one point. And look at the job that Brian Dable did. Coaching matters. And I just cannot stand when anyone, let alone players, are the ones saying that coaching doesn't matter, that they think it's the team themselves. This is not basketball. I'm sorry. It's a very different sport when you have LeBron James and the Ty Lue argument that it was made several years ago when they were together in Cleveland, and obviously the stuff with the Lakers too, that that team can coach itself. It's a lot different when you have five guys out there and one guy playing point guard running an offense versus the NFL where you have to have a coordinated symphony making (laughs) one note at the same time in order for a play to work. That comes down to the players executing it, but it also comes down to the coach and 
all of the in-game decisions on top of the play that's being drawn up. This is a stupid argument from a player who got a little bit of airtime. He's 24 years old. We can chalk it up to him being a little ignorant for making this comment. But it's just like I don't give it any stock because it's such an asinine thing to say that coaching doesn't matter, that he was handed the keys to the kingdom. And, oh, by the way, Jerry Jones made a very similar comment back after the 1992 and 1993 Super Bowl teams that won in Dallas, and that was where Jimmy Johnson's teams. He said that anybody could coach those teams, and that was very much the – beginning of the end of their relationship, mm-hmm. maybe even the final straw, Jimmy Johnson's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I can't stand when those comments, when you try to, like, tear somebody down for the success of the collective body, because do we not call this a team sport for a reason? Right. No, of course of course you do. And uh, listen, you can't, uh, <laughs> you can't say that coaching doesn't matter. And I, I look at the Good Morning Football crew, I would have Kyle Bryant as a strength and, strength and conditioning coach. For sure, I would I would go that route with the Good Morning Football crew, folks. But I see the the, the fact remains like the NFL is such a, like you said a coordinated symphony. Uh, a sour note then, if the NBA is a similar symphony in Brooklyn, we're going to bring someone in close to the Nets for more on this Kyrie Irving news. It's Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Kyrie Irving has demanded a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets don't have to do anything. They can just ride this out like they did in the summer. I really don't understand this, but we never understand what goes on with Kyrie Irving. And here we are again. Canton Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker. That was Kendrick Perkins there. Here we are again. With Kyrie Irving. We are presented here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio by Progressive Insurance. 888-729-3776 is the phone number. Jump into the pool. Water's warm. With myself, Randy Scott, here at Bristol, Connecticut. Not warm here. No, I mean, it's Arctic. It's frigid. Uh, Courtney Cronin at the Midwest office. This is just a balmy Chicago winter day for her. Uh, we've got Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News. Uh, he covers the Nets. There's the Nets reporter. He's kind enough to spend some time with us here on, on ESPN Radio. And uh, Christian, there is, you know, 
there's just a, a fatigue, maybe. Uh, it's, it seems like with Kyrie Irving, there shouldn't be anything that surprises us. And then yet today, this latest news does uh, surprise me at the very least. How is it sitting among net circles that Kyrie wants out? You know, I woke up this morning extra early. It's an off day. The Nets had no practice, or at least they didn't have media come to practice. So I got up early. I went and hit the gym. You know what I'm saying? started planning my day of doing nothing. Um, and, and then, like, the, the clock strikes one thirty or whatever time, and all hell breaks loose. When I tell you, a lot of people are blindsided by what happened today, and no one was really anticipating it. But when you consider the fact that the trade deadline is only a couple of days away, uh, when you consider how much of a load Kyrie Irving's been carrying, basically on a one-year deal for a team that, you know, with no Kevin, no Ben, this team would really be in no man's land without him right now. Um, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, you know, when you when you consider everything that we've seen from him over the last few years now. We've got years' worth of sample size here to know that this is the way Kyrie goes, goes about business. Uh, I should have known that it was just a little bit too quiet <laughs> before this all happened, but, but here we are anyway. Okay, so Christian, why? Like, why now? I know the trade deadline's in six days, but why does Kyrie Irving want out of Brooklyn? I don't I don't for sure think it's a one out of Brooklyn thing. I think it's more so I, he wants four years, $200 million, uh, in, to be signed, sealed, and delivered from the Nets to him at this point. You know, uh, Kyrie's a guy who, you know, you go back to the offseason, uh, and, and I had a fair amount of reporting on this. You know, the Nets didn't want to give him a, a fully guaranteed contract, max deal, uh, without any any stipulations or, or or you know reasons as to why he wouldn't get that money, they they wanted some type of uh, of assurances that he'd play a certain amount of games, that he'd you know keep his head above water, and stay out of trouble, whatever way you want to word it. Um, this year comes around, uh, and obviously you had the whole thing where he posted that film on social media and uh, the fallout from that. Ever since then, he's pretty much been relied upon to be serving on this team however he's been needed whether it's been as Kevin Durant's sidekick or during the stretch where Kevin goes down and now you're playing Kyrie no less than 38 minutes and then you've also got a stretch here where Ben is missing games and now this team is leaning on him and you know from a business standpoint hey yeah why not try to get your money when the team needs you most but at the same time I mean this is kind of playing playing with fire right now because you've got a team right now where if Kyrie really wants to be traded and this whole thing ends today I mean, what could have been ends up being a bigger question. I mean, this, this is around the same time last year when James Harden requested a trade, right? Right, right around this time last year where we knew James Harden wasn't going to be on the team anymore. Um, it, it's, the timing is, is – I'm not surprised because, you know, at this point either you're going to sign him to a, a deal now or he's threatening to walk in the offseason. Uh, but it's just it just comes at a crazy time because this guy's playing a, a, an incredible level of basketball right now. I mean – Last ten games he played without Kevin, he's averaging thirty points. Right, this Nets team, I think they're four and seven, four and seven. But a couple of those games get decided by a few possessions. You're talking about a team that's maybe seven and five, and not and not four and seven or whatever the number is. So it, it, it's it's interesting timing, but um, I think it's really just two sides playing hardball until one side blinks. We're talking with Christian Winfield, New York Daily News Nets reporter here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott in for the guys. You you you, you mentioned Kevin Durant. Uh, you know Kevin Durant also asking for a trade this last offseason. And the Nets, I'm not, I'm not saying they didn't shop it, but they didn't blink. They didn't deal them. And I, I'm, I'm just wondering from the Durant side of the street here, uh, Tristan Thompson here at ESPN believes that KD is the next one to ask for, for, for a, a, a trade away from Brooklyn. How do you see the Durant side of this playing out? 
Oh, yeah. If, if the Nets end up trading Kyrie, uh, it's just a, a matter of how many days before the trade deadline they decide to trade Kyrie that Kevin has left to try to get his trade, right? Because if this trade goes through, Kevin has zero reason to still be in Brooklyn. No matter what you get in exchange for Kyrie Irving, it's not going to be a player of the same caliber, I don't believe, which automatically worsens your championship odds. And Kevin isn't here in Brooklyn to, to play around and just to collect checks. No, this is someone who wants to win a title. Uh, so I'm I'm in lockstep with, with Tristan in that you know if the Nets do pull the trigger on a Kyrie Irving trade, well you can kiss Kevin Durant goodbye, you can kiss winning basketball in Brooklyn goodbye, championships. What are those, right? That's not going to happen. Um, and, and it's just unfortunate because it feels like a year or so ago it was supposed to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden signed to long-term extensions. I think the, the the words were signed, sealed, delivered that Sean Marks used, and, and now you're on the verge of having zero out of those three, and you already lost the Ben Simmons for James Harden swap. We probably we we have time to go there if you want to. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Just the numbers. There are staggering from what James Harden is averaging. James Harden isn't even playing his best basketball, and he's still just averaging better than Ben Simmons across the board, aside from steals. Um, and it, it's just it, it's it's disappointing when you still see a roster that has flaws, uh, and, and now you have Kyrie Irving here playing at a high level, uh, and this team still isn't trying to, I guess you say, give him his money. It, it's a tough situation for Kevin to be in if this is anything more than just posturing for a contract, right? If this yeah. all turns out to be water under the bridge and Kyrie gets his money and everybody goes out and then is happy, sure, that's one thing. If there ends up actually being a Kyrie Irving trade here, uh, it, it, that would be devastating for Kevin Durant. It'd be devastating for a Nets fan base that has been begging to be relevant in this city for so long, and now they have finally have a team that can do something, and, and the front office kind of just squanders it. it, it it'd be so terrible on so many different waves, but I don't think we're, we're at that point just yet. All right, he's Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News, covering the Nets. Never a dull moment. Man thought he had a quiet day ahead of him. You know, no practice <laughs> obligations. Woke up early, and now we got this. Christian, we appreciate the time on Canty and Carlin. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime. That was nice, really good insight into that, into that locker room. I thought it was interesting there at the end with the dismount, Courtney, where he said, you know, if the, if the front office squanders this, it's interesting to see how that would be framed as a front office issue and not a Kyrie Irving issue, but... Uh, I guess you can't argue with the talent that's been accumulated and the lack of uh, lack of postseason results, it looks like. Yeah, and I mean, what he said about this could just be posturing for a new deal. So does that mean that they would sign an in-season extension for Kyrie Irving, that he would get his max deal, the four years, $200 million that he wants sooner than the summer? Or is that just like an assurance that he gets it? Because there's a lot of moving parts that have to take place in order for him to get that. I just don't know... Like how that all plays out in terms of the timing. I don't. I don't know that there is enough time between now and uh, a week from yesterday, February 9th, the NBA trade deadline. Today is February third, though. Two three twenty three. It's Michael Jordan Day. We're celebrating the greatest of all time, and I will hear no debate as to the contrary. Courtney Cronin in Chicago. Randy Scott. When we come back, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Oh, jump man. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And on your smart speaker, Canty and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Courtney Cronin there in Chicago. I'm going to defer to you. You grew up there. I'm just Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut, and parts unknown vagabond existence as a military kid we moved around but I, I i consider myself a big michael jordan fan today is february 3rd 2023 2 3 23 it is michael jordan day but i didn't grow up there what was it like Courtney? i know i'm so much older than you but what was it like growing up in a city where that man had that worldwide presence I mean, it was it's a great way to spend your childhood because there was always some idol to look up to. And Michael Jordan's presence reigned over the city and still does. I mean, think about all these years later after he moved on and finished his career with another team in the Washington Wizards. Um, like it's just it's it's truly still like remarkable to me how much of a foothold Michael Jordan has here and that just shows you what the city has been starved for like that sort of presence and I mean to bring it to like my daily life in the realm of the Bears trying to find their franchise quarterback if Justin Fields ends up being that guy he would be in this city the biggest athlete since Michael Jordan if you can actually cement yourself as a franchise quarterback. And I say that having seen a lot of really good baseball players, my personal favorite, Sammy Sosa, come through here because there was just such a presence with Michael Jordan that was not replicated no matter what the sport, no matter how many titles the Blackhawks won or the Bulls had won, you know, with Michael Jordan. I mean, like, it just, it doesn't, nothing could touch that. You know what I mean? And even the Cubs winning the World Series and the White Sox winning the World Series, nothing, everything paled in comparison to what Michael Jordan brought to this city. So I just remember as a kid, like as I was really young when they won their first three titles and obviously kind of like coming into my formative years as like an early sports fan, you know, like seven, eight, nine years old, like finally learned, like kind of like the beginning stages of learning what basketball was, the rules, all stuff like that, but not really having a clue until I was much older of the, you know, of the like, you know, the rivalries in the sport and what this meant to the city, like in the 90s and the late 80s. It's cool learning the history now and knowing that, like, I lived through an era that was so dynamic and getting to see the GOAT, which many people will say is still the GOAT, no matter what's going to happen with LeBron James here in a couple of days and likely passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the scoring title in the NBA. It's it's cool, though, to see that this day celebrated. I was a little surprised because usually there's a February 23rd every single year. So two twenty three. Uh huh. But like because like of the year itself, since this is two thousand twenty three, I get why we're celebrating it. But I thought we were doing this like all the time. I'm all I'm all for it. Let's make it an annual thing. Let's do it. Let's do it April fifth too. You know. Let's do it. We'll on to the four five. We'll on to the four five okay. era. We'll play back the double nickel game at Madison Square Garden. The return against the Pacers 
you know, maybe we'll skip over some portions of the loss to the Magic that that uh, that spring and in, in early summer. Um, man, I was such a Jordan fan. I, I I still am. I mean, I I have a couple pairs of couple pairs of shoes, and that was always the thing for me. Was like we got one main Christmas present growing up, and for a kid living in Northern Virginia, you know, military military family, like the idea of spending 140 bucks on sneakers was just, just a no fly zone. Uh, but I could ask on Christmas, and I got them a couple of years that I was in high school. So I got when I was actually playing basketball, and I got the 12s and the 13s, and I still have them. I've creased them all to heck. I actually you know, like played in them in in high school, and like I they're I I know exactly where they are in my house. You know, there was one of those things like, what would you grab in a fire? You know, once you got your family and your pets out, like that would probably be probably be up Number there. Number one, yeah. But I have. Uh, I have a you know all these cards and I have a I have one auto I have like an autograph picture I don't have any, a, a ball or anything but I've always thought like it's it's embarrassing but you know Powerball comes around or Mega Millions and it's like what would you buy if you won you know if you won like the the jackpot and and people are like oh a house and I buy a car and I buy also, and I'm like I'd buy a signed framed Jordan jersey and I put it on the wall you know like it's like like Michael Jordan's it's still and I'm 40 years old uh, it's at the top of it's at the top of the list and I remember 10 years ago. Ten years ago, I think it was before his fiftieth birthday. I'm not. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but my son. So my uh, my son's mom was due on Valentine's Day, and 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 Jordan's birthday is the. God, is it the 17th? And I just remember thinking, man, if she can just hold on, he'll share her birthday. <laughs> With Michael Jordan, and uh, I mean, my, you really committed to this bit. <laughs> my son ended up coming, yeah, you know, a couple of days earlier. So, uh, but I just I I think about the fact, and it's the time. You know, it is the circumstances of the '90s, '80s, and the '90s. We're never going to see someone grab the sports world by the neck like that. We're just not going to see it anymore because athletes are in control of their own content. They're in control of their own branding. Uh, they can reach us. Uh, so much easier as as consumers, and um, a lot of that is built on what Michael Jordan did. No, I mean it's it's remarkable that it took a whole other two decades to get somebody that would be able to fill that void in a way. But even still, we have people say LeBron James will never be able to touch what Michael Jordan meant to the sports world and and was to basketball. I think that you can absolutely be okay respecting people by generations and saying that this was the current GOAT. Because honestly, when I was like actually paying attention to basketball, Kobe was our GOAT, and that's fine. But I still, just because of the family ties and because of the ties to the city, for me, it's always Michael Jordan. And I, I, my kids are Tom Brady fans and Bruins fans and Red Sox fans, but if I can have input on one bit of sports fandom or knowledge or just fact— I need them to know and take with them through life the fact that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. We're going to get some perspective from Los Angeles on whether the Lakers would consider a Kyrie trade. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.